Hello, and welcome to Cubicle Confidential, weekly advice for the working stiff. I'm Chris DeSantis, and let me introduce my co-host, starting with Z's, the sometimes zany, the occasionally zazzy, and the rhetorically zooty Mary Abijay. Hi, Chris DeSantis. All right, so hi, everybody. I'm Mary Abijay, and I have a confession to make. I totally forgot about the Z's. <laughs> And I'm already with A's, and so since I'm not prepared with any Z's, I'm just going to say the amazing, (laughs) the zany, and the extra special, (laughs) Chris DeSantis, everybody. You are always so on top of stuff, Chris. I, you know, I'm just a doofus some days, and this is a doofus day. No, no, no. Actually, I like that you're mixing it up, because now that we've gone through the alphabet, the question then becomes, do we start again? Or do we well, find and I thought, because yeah. in my mind, we had ended the alphabet. I guess it was because there were the X's, the X. but I forgot. We also probably have Y's. Why? Yeah. I don't know what it, like, I was an English major. How do I not know the alphabet? <laughs> so I was trying to outsmart you today by being ready with A's because I didn't know what you were going to do. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, Chris, this actually kind of fitting uh, that I should come across as a doofus today because the topic today is personal branding. Oh, right. And now we've just affected your personal brand. (laughs) (laughs) We've just opened the curtain on what my brand really is. And the reason I thought we would talk about this today is I just worked with this really wonderful group. Uh, They're called the Scholars of Finance, and they're committed to helping young people in the financial world Mm -hmm. actually create a better world. So using their skills at finance, not to just buy and sell things, Mm -hmm. but to actually become leaders of our communities and of our organizations and bringing some really high uh, integrity to their leadership. So they asked me to come speak to them about personal branding, Hmm. you know, because finance people don't necessarily think like that. Right. And so I thought it was really fun. And they sent me a bunch of questions of things they were curious about. So I thought this would make a great show because I thought I would get your opinion on some of the things that uh, I talked about. And so before we get into that, I want to ask you, because you're from a different generation, uh, what's your take on all this personal branding stuff? Do you think it's a fad? Is it important for young people to think about? Is it important for anybody to think about? What's your take, Mr. DeSantis? Right. No, I, 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 well, I understand it. And I, and I think there is importance attached to personal branding. I get that. And, and so, and I will probably likely agree with a great deal of what you are saying about this topic in this episode. But having said that, I think for my own purpose in this episode, I'm going to step away from that because I'm more inclined to believe in the notion of your reputation. And um, personal branding, if I recall, comes from the the late 90s, right? Uh, That was Tom Peters. Yeah. And he wrote that brand me, I think it was an article or something like that. And I even looked up uh, what he meant by that. He said, no matter what industry we work in or where we live, we're all CEOs of our own personal brand. And that means that we must market ourselves just as vigorously as we do any product or services. Whereas in my mind, I think I use reputation and, and that definition is really the belief that someone or something has a particular habit or characteristic. 
And I think that's cumulative over time. And I think it's consistent. Whereas I think you can change the image of your brand. The other, yeah. I'll tell you the other problem I have with brands is I, I so, because I'm old school, right? I so align it with products like food products or shoes. Those have images, but they don't have character. So in that sense, um, uh, this, the image is, is the surface and the, the character is below that, the reputation. So anyway, yeah. my, my, my point here is I probably will push back for no other reason than I'm in defense of the old world. <laughs> but this is what the show is all about. We want to give people a wide perspective on these things. And I agree, branding's become very trendy of yeah. late. And I think that's really been pushed and accelerated because of the social media. Because in many ways, we are now brands as we're putting ourselves yes. out there in the world to the public in a way we didn't we didn't do before, you know, right. last century. And so I like to think about the difference between branding and personal reputation as this. Mm -hmm. I think the brand is what you personally purport to be. Mm -hmm. I think the brand is how you want people to see you. Mm -hmm. I think the brand is how you want to show up in the world. I think your reputation is how you actually show up. In right, the world. exactly. I think your reputation is how people actually experience you, what they actually think about you, what they actually say about you when you're not in the room. And so when I think about branding, I think about, okay, how do I want to show up, right? Mm -hmm. What is the impact I want to have? And I'd like to think about that in terms of like, so if I want to be known as someone who is you know, someone who inspires people, then I need to make sure that that's a good goalpost for me. Then I got to make sure that my behaviors, right? Mm -hmm. And my actions are actually having the impact. So other than that, I agree with you. I think they're smushed together, but I think in the beginning, it is important to think about who do I want to be and then who am I really? Yes, exactly. And I, and I think that's one of the challenges with this that I have with it is because what we're saying is we want to, we're spending time, uh, we're spending time thinking about how others see us as opposed yeah. to carrying on with who we actually are. You see, and this goes, I think this aligns with taking up part of your head, meaning the imposter uh, phenomenon. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, they, I, this is who I purport to be, but they're going to someday discover I am not. Well, the, I think we should have an alignment between who, oh, who, I absolutely agree. And I think the problem is, you know, the old intent versus impact. Like yeah. we intend to be yeah, this. Like I intend to be in, an inclusive person when I'm communicating. But everybody who knows me knows if you don't talk fast enough, right. I'm going to cut you off. Yeah. Right? Which so the impact isn't inclusive, right? right? But I I want to be inclusive as long as you can talk faster. <laughs> so, right. No. Right, so I think we're in good alignment here. I, I think we are. I think it's I, again. I think it's a layered thing. And I think a lot of this has yeah. to do with the questions as they come up and say, okay, where where do I see this relevant to the brand? And where are you stepping too far away from who you actually are? Yeah, exactly. All right. So uh, I've got, I think I've got four or five questions. Oh, okay. So we're going to we like zip it right together here. All right. This is from Young and Virtual in Vermont. And uh, they say, Dear Mary and Chris, how, well, they actually just said Dear Mary because this well, was to me before true, you, but I'm whatever. Sure. I added your name in there. Uh, <laughs> how do you suggest building a strong personal brand in an entry-level position when your role is more about listening and learning, especially when one is in a heavily remote virtual world, young and virtual in Vermont? Well, it's okay. I'll take this on first, if you don't mind. First off, I, you're on a learning curve. So I think, I think you are in the correct in the sense that you, you should be a listener. 
That's what you should be at this particular role. So I would start with asking uh, for expectations of the role early on. Uh, what are your responsibilities? How do we stay connected? What are your expectations of me? So in that sense, you're, you're getting a sense of what is what is required of you. As you receive your first assignment, summarize it and 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 basically be clear on what's expected of you. Uh, ask them, what am I missing? Uh, what's your expected time frame? Who should I go to for help? Uh, so get a lot of these questions up front because that becomes part of the image of who you are, preparedness. So a good listener who is a really prepared, who is willing to do what's necessary to be done to do well, becomes who you are. Now, I say this, but don't be intimidated because what they might do in their assignment say, is this clear? And your, your inclination might be to say, oh yes, and then run down the hall and hope you look guess right. Don't do that. Ask your questions. Your job is to deliver a really quality outcome and make it easy for your boss to work with you, which then in turn becomes part of the image of who you are or the brand that you are. So I think th this will come naturally. Don't, don't overthink it. Just be conscientious in the role you are in. Yeah, I think that's great advice, you know, I, because conscientious of the role you are in. I think one thing that young people, uh, maybe they don't understand or haven't really thought about is that your brand may change yeah. throughout your career uh, because your roles, your jobs will change, mm -hmm. your responsibilities, the level of influence and experience you have. So I would say when you're starting out, like if part of your entry level position is to listen and learn, then that's going to be part of your brand. Right. Someone who is exactly. ready to listen, someone who's eager to take on new challenges, someone who wants to learn. So what I often say to young people when they're just starting out is, you know, just sit down, pick out like five adjectives for right now in your career space. What do you want people to think of you? Like, how do you want to be? Mm -hmm. You know, so maybe a learner is one of them or a great listener, or as mm -hmm. you said, like a great collaborator. And then think about what are the skills and talents you want to be known for. So pick your strengths right now, the five things you want people to know about you. I think it can help when we ground ourselves in, into, our, into our authentic identity. Mm -hmm. And then I always tell people, especially in remote or, high, or uh, virtual, is I want people to think about how they want others to feel in their presence. Oh, right? I like that. Right? Like, how do you want people to feel in your presence? Do you want them to feel inspired, secure, confident? Like, how do you want them to feel in your presence? Because you, you and I both know it's so much about perception. Oh, yeah. And being really clear about, you know, how people experience you, I think is really important. It's that old famous Maya Angelou quote, you know, goes something like, you know, you may not remember what people said to you or this or that, but you always remember how they made you feel. Right. So think about that as well, I would say to this person. Right. I love that. I love. And by the way, the easiest thing to do in, in that category is just be likable. Just yeah. be likable. Yeah. We like people that are likable. That's so true. And someone who's young and starting out, Chris, what are some qualities that make would make someone likable? Well, it's, this is very easy. It's almost it's 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 intuitive in what you do. Think of it this way: uh, you've you've wanted to be liked in the past, or in school, or among your family, and all of that. And some of those things are just natural: giving them eye contact, smiling, uh, being attentive to them, asking about who how they are, what they're doing. So all of those things are really self evident in that you will do it naturally. I just think you you get sometimes a little again new to a job, want to make a good impression. You think to you overthink who you are. 
I think that's such good advice. You know, the end of the day, human beings have neuropsychological needs, right? right? right. They want to feel heard. They want to feel valued. They want to feel appreciated. They want to feel included. Like that's what they want to feel. So really work on that, I think. And you can do that remotely just as well as you can do that in person. So I I love that this young person is thinking about it. I think they may be overthinking it. And they need to face the brand on who they are right now and really make that entry level, make them the entry level person that everybody says, oh my God, that Chris DeSantis, he's fabulous. He takes on everything I ask him. He's a learner. He's a go-getter. That's what they want. Exactly. Exactly. If you're enjoying the show, please let us know. Give us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends to tune into Cubicle Confidential. Well, I think we helped young and virtual in Vermont. Are you ready for building my brand in Buffalo? I certainly am. This is going quite swimmingly. I agree. Okay, you're going to like this one. This one actually connects very well to our first question. So this young person, this young finance scholar of finance says this, if part of your personal brand is being highly polished and professional, how can you prevent being perceived as unapproachable? What strategies can we use to ensure our personal brand is visible, professional, and a a valuable asset for moving up at work while also maintaining authenticity? How might one be able to promote their brand without being perceived as arrogant or self-centered? Building my brand in Buffalo. So I think this person has a couple concepts kind of conflated, yeah, don't you? Yeah, I think there's right, a lot so going on. I'm going to let you yeah. take that, yeah. I think for, uh, these questions are perfect examples of distinctions, though, between being concerned about your image uh, uh, and the surface details uh, of the personal brand versus the character of the individual. So I think that this is your point about being conflated, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, my advice is very, very simple here, Buffalo. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> You know, well, 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 why is that such hard advice for some people to do? <laughs> yeah, because how do you avoid being unapproachable? Don't be an asshole. That's how you avoid that. And, uh, and while you're at it, find someone, you know, it'd be helpful to you. Find someone there at that work site already who's slightly older than you in, in terms of their experiences there, but who shares some of your disposition. Uh, so if they and and if this person is look for somebody who's well liked and competent and and frankly I would start to emulate some of those behaviors because they're easy to do because you're observing them. Uh, and I'm assuming you're talking about people who are competent and and approachable and approachable yeah. exactly yeah 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 no all of those things are subsumed within this uh, when you look for this individual or individuals. Um, simpler still, just be respectful of others. You know, be friendly, be helpful. I think Mary already said it. Be a team player. Um, and, and then this other point, I know this is re- wasn't really inherent in your question, but you're in finance. I would, I would suggest you dress for the part you want, not the part you have. Because these people have us, I, I think there's a, you, you're, you said it in your question, polished. So the expectation of polish. So what does that look like up the food chain? Now, if this isn't uh, authentic to who you are, uh, you have to find people who are successful, again, a few years older than you, who, who can still be who they are, that are like you, that even though they don't fit, feel like they belong. Yeah. So you, I love you that. need a role model. And lastly, this point you made here about um, how do I present myself without being uh, seen as arrogant? Well, don't be arrogant. That's one. <laughs> but uh, you are never boastful if you are stating facts. 
There's a difference between I'm the greatest financial analyst there is versus I worked on a, a recent uh, client account that was responsible for a $3 million um, uh, input into the bottom line. So the point is the fact is the fact. I would lastly say be generous with your credit to others because that will come back to you. I so agree. You know, and I think we talked about this a little bit on a show before, but I don't think it's possible to say this enough. Like there's a huge difference between being confident and being arrogant, yes. right? As like you said, when you're stating the facts, that's just confidence. And I think when you're when you're stating the facts in such a way that said, you know what, I, I accomplished this and I'm really proud of it, as opposed to be like, I am the only person that could have done this, you know? <laughs> right. Like your confidence should put you on par with other people. Mm -hmm. Your arrogance will put you above them. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think people need to understand the difference between confident and arrogant. I'm also taken by um, the part of the question that conflates being polished and professional with being unapproachable. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if that's just something that when you're kind of new in the workplace and you see people all polished and professional, that maybe we, we make up a story that they're unapproachable mm. uh, just based on maybe because we see them as, you know, up there above us right. when in fact you know so i would i would really take a good look at that because i know a lot of super polished and professional people that are super approachable right. so and you know so to be like to your point if you don't want to be an asshole don't be an asshole if you want to be approachable then be approachable which is simple you smile at people you say hello to people you ask people questions and you listen to their answers right you just become a little bit more friendly so i think i think it is important to show up as polished and professional if that's part of the brand uh, at work but it doesn't mean you have to be arrogant and unapproachable no, you don't do that. Now, you will, depending on where you work, you will see models of behavior that become, uh, you know, the, the the culture, whatever the culture is. And so if you do not sort of stay within the model of behavior relative to that culture, you will stand alone in some respects. Yeah. And one thing I, I completely agree with you, and if you, you know, if you really want to focus and think about how am I, how can I be approachable? How can I be authentic? How can I make people feel good in my presence? You know, I want, I want young people and anybody really mm -hmm. to remember that every time you have an interaction with somebody, it's an opportunity to do one of three things. It's an opportunity to make that other person feel great about themselves. Mm -hmm. It's an opportunity to make that other person feel fine with themselves. Or it's an opportunity to make the other person feel bad about themselves, right? <laughs> and so if you are if you are interacting with people and you're making them feel bad about themselves, that then you're coming across as arrogant. Because every opportunity is an opportunity to either build a good relationship, to maintain a relationship, or to you know diminish it. So really pay attention to your interactions. I like I I, I echo everything you've said. I think we've one other thing we could add, and we because it's not but it's not focal to what we're talking about here is. You, sir, or young lady, you need a mentor. Yeah. So get yeah. yourself a mentor at some point, and they're going to give you the kind of advice that navigates the environment you're in. Yeah, I agree. That's fantastic. If you have a workplace question, hey, people, we're here to help. Email us to info at cubicleconfidential.com. We'd love to hear from you. All right, building my brand in Buffalo. Uh, we are done with you. <laughs> now we are going to move on to going social in South Carolina.
And this young finance person asked us this, uh, how can LinkedIn or other social media platforms be used to promote a personal brand? What social media pitfalls should we be wary of while building our brands. Mm. Now, you know, I'm a LinkedIn queen, you know so I it. loved this question. So, you know uh, Mr. DeSantis, well, what say you? I just, I, I was just going to say, I'm going to defer most of this to Mary because she is, in fact, a, a guru on LinkedIn. My exchanges with LinkedIn are really simply, I follow the directions of building my webpage, and I'm grateful that there were directions. <laughs> now, as for the other social media, I do not embrace Facebook or, or Twitter, meaning I'm not on Facebook. I have a Twitter account. I haven't used it. I find Facebook basically more familial in its focus and Twitter more political. And uh, now I am curious about TikTok. I don't use it, but I'm curious in the sense because I think it's going to be more and more important over time because it is so embraced by the newest generation in the workplace. So I'm going to turn this all over to Mary and let her help you through this particular issue. All right. I'll try to keep it short because I could talk for hours on this. But Chris DeSantis, even though he's not what he's not self-proclaimed social media queen like I am, uh, he's got it exactly right. When you're thinking about your personal professional brand, it really is about LinkedIn. Uh, Facebook, a lot of people use it, but Facebook is much more friends and family, as Chris said. And I agree with you about, about Twitter. It's either like just self-promotion or it's political. So a couple of things. Get yourself on LinkedIn. Bam, you got to do it. And when you do it, there's a couple of things you want to do right away. One is you want to really build your profile out. Make sure you have a really good profile picture. Uh, it should be, if you have a professional headshot, use that. If you don't have someone take a good picture of you in a professional, you know, look, uh, in the background. Don't just leave your background blank on your profile. I have to tell you going social in South Carolina, I don't meet anybody. I don't take a call with anybody. I don't email anybody new without uh, doing a little cyber stalking mm. on LinkedIn. If Chris and I are talking about someone before he finishes saying their name, I'm already cyber stalking them on LinkedIn. Almost every employer does that these days. So get yourself a nice mm -hmm. profile. And a picture. The and a picture. Yeah, make sure you do that. Um, and then what you're going to want to do is learn how it works. A couple of tips around there. You do want to be active on it. So, you know, you want to post occasionally, like post some good things, either that's going on in your company or your industry, or say you find a... Um, a t an article about finance or whatever it is that your jam is, repost it, follow colleagues, like and share their postings. Don't just like, but really share and comment. You want to engage. The biggest low-hanging fruit, and you know if you're a listener to this show that Chris DeSantis and I love our low-hanging fruit, <laughs> one of the biggest pieces of low-hanging fruit out there is to follow your own company or firm's page and comment on their postings, reshare their postings. A, you know they're okay to do because they're officially sanctioned posts. And B, that's going to get you more traction uh, in your industry. And B, believe me, your organization knows who's sharing their posts and who isn't, and they will appreciate it. So we'll help. You can help. You can help your brand by helping their brand. So those are just a couple of quick tips I have for LinkedIn. Uh, get on it. Learn how to use it. Do a lot of sharing and liking and engaging. Uh, try to post something original once a week if possible, uh, but really focus on your profile first and building up your contact list. And with LinkedIn, it is going to be more about 
quality of your contacts than quantity. Hmm. Oh, one more big tip. When you send a note to LinkedIn with Chris DeSantis or me, you better, when you send us an invitation to connect, you better put a note in it. So when you're reaching out to strangers that you don't know, you always want to add a note like, hey, Chris DeSantis, I'm a big fan of Cubicle Confidential. I would love to connect with you on LinkedIn. Bam. Uh, That's what you want to do with people you don't know. Make sure you send a very nice, lovely note with a little hook. Do you have a, Mary, do you have a, any, uh, anything on LinkedIn attached to you that teaches some of this to others? Uh, no, I don't actually. I probably should. Probably, but you know, yeah. there's the other thing about LinkedIn is they are full of experts and tips that will give you. Like LinkedIn will walk you through. And if you follow the LinkedIn blogs, uh, there's a lot of people that will give you advice on doing the LinkedIn. It really, it only takes about... I don't know, like 15 minutes a week, you know, mm. so maybe you spend five minutes every morning just kind of scrolling through, but it's a great way for a young person to really uh, kind of get out there and get your visibility raised a little bit mm-hmm. and to meet some important per- people. It doesn't take a lot of time, but I would recommend if you want to build a professional brand, a personal professional brand, LinkedIn the place is the place to go. Great. 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 All right. That Anything was else excellent. you want to say? No, you've been no. More- You've been more active on LinkedIn lately, Chris. Anything that you've learned? Relative to you, no, I have not. But I've I've learned how to post a a poll. I thought that was interesting. (laughs) Oh, you did. You do a very (laughs) nice job. Oh, and the other thing is make sure you tag people on LinkedIn using the ampersand A, just like you would on Facebook or Twitter, but that really helps get people noticing you. All right, we got great. another one. Excellent. That was good, that boy. Was great. We are just like we should be getting paid for this. We <laughs> <laughs> got two more. See if we can squeeze these in. Um, uh, and these two, actually, the last two might be kind of connected. All right, so this is from Curious in Connecticut. What or how do you recommend measuring your brand? How do you neutrally evaluate whether your personal, what, where your personal brand is today? Do you recommend individuals attempt to measure the success of their brand at fostering personal brands? This person did not write this very clearly. I no. should have edited this up. But I think he, I think what Curious Connecticut wants to know is, is uh, how do you measure your brand mm. and do you recommend measuring or evaluating it? Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's an interesting and a valid question, but it sort of smacks of how can how can I find out how popular I am? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I understand its relevance, but uh, it goes back to that personal brand versus the uh, reputation issue. See, Mary already said this earlier in the program. Your your brand can evolve or change over time to suit the suit the needs and wants of those to whom you wish to appeal, but your reputation is tied to your character, and it is a rock. And it is an anchor. And so succeeding in fostering your brand may not always align with protecting your reputation. So sometimes doing the right thing is not, is, is not doing the popular thing. I, so that's one of the challenges. So if you're thinking in terms of reach in the market, you can think in terms of things like how do you measure the number of clients you have, the new opportunities you've been offered, the promotions you've received. So these are measures that you can uh, attach to brand success or failure. Uh, uh, but you can have a wildly successful brand and have an, a, a, an awful reputation. So uh, again, I hope your reputation always trumps the brand uh, and a successful brand is simply an extension of your good reputation. 
Yeah. That's what I got. To I'm, say. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty much the same mind. I, although I'm going to quibble on one thing, I think it's just semantic. I don't think you can have a successful brand if it's not aligned with your reputation. You know, I think if you have, I think you can have. I think your brand isn't successful if you if it isn't in alignment with your reputation. Um, so I think you can have something shiny out there, but if it's not true, right? Well, I, <laughs> then I don't consider it successful. I mean, you could create it, no. but I think your brand has to be. I think they have to be aligned. And here's where I, yeah, I understand. I, I would agree with you on it, but I, I'm reading brand as a positive. I'm reading reputation as that which others would like to emulate in terms of a behavior, that which you are possessed of honor and respect and so forth. But you can have very successful people who are complete jerks. Yeah, when they have a jerky reputation. Jer oh, I see. So you have, so you have reputation as a, as a quality in addition to as a category. Yes, because see, I, I have a reputation of being the best trial lawyer in the nation and everyone who knows me hates me. Do you, yeah. you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, but your reputation then is also, you're an asshole. You're an asshole, but you're the best, <laughs> but your brand is the yeah. best trial. So this is where there's an incongruence. Now, some you can live with this. I, I don't disagree. I don't think that you can't live with it. I just think it would be much nicer in the life to be aligned with who people think you are and who you actually are. Yeah. And I, and I think, and I, and personally, I think that in order to be, have a successful brand, it has to be authentic. It has to really reflect your reputation. So what I would say to this person is I'm not sure I would evaluate the success of my brand as much as I would evaluate how congruent it is to how I really show up in the world. Yeah. I like so that. I would go in order to evaluate, I will go out and ask, you know, five, 10 of my closest friends, you know, how would you describe me? How do people mm. experience me? Like what, would you say my brand is, you know, or what, you know, what's it like to work with me? And so I will go get feedback from people, as Chris says, the, the loving critics, right. people who will be honest with me, because for me, a successful brand uh, is in alignment with our reputation and then they're the same. I love um, that. So that's how I would evaluate my brand. I wouldn't be like, oh, I've got, you know, 5,000 followers on LinkedIn. Right. That's a measurement of nothing. Right. That's a measurement maybe of how good you are uh, on social media, but to really test your brand and your reputation, I think you need to hear from people. I agree. I think that's great yeah. advice. Um, all right, last question. We've got one minute. Mary and Chris, how do you how do you stay true to your brand in a workplace that might not be tailored specifically to the brand image you want to portray? Portray. Mm. Portray. Mi might be misaligned in Michigan. Okay. So what you're telling me is the uh, your values might not align with the values of the place you're working. And, right? So this is a question of being true to who you are. Your authentic self at, at a place may not accept or understand it. Now, you can leave, but I would say before you do, why not work to the best of your abilities, developing a reputation as a great worker uh, uh, and, and be who you are in the process? They simply might not have ever met anyone like you before. You see, this is called contact theory. In effect, uh, I, I always thought people like you were whatever, but you've taught me that's bogus. It's, uh, it takes a brave person to to be different among the many and be courageous in terms of the brand that you want to be. So, I, I, I mean, that's how I would take this person. Yeah. You know, I think this is a tough one. I think it depends on what part of your brand yes. is not right. really cut out for that organization. Like if your brand is 
honesty all the time. Right. When you're working for Theranos, <laughs> mm-hmm. then you're going to need to go. Right. Uh, so, I, but I like what you said. Like, you want to take a look and pull the part, and can't. What parts of your brand? What parts of who you are? Right. Can you use in this workplace? And what parts are just a value disconnect that just isn't going to fit? So, I don't think you could know that right away. Mm-hmm. But I would say, like, sometimes I guess to be organizational culture and yes. organizational values. Like, when that's a bad fit, you know, don't be afraid to try something else. I I agree with you there. I agree. If 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 it's if it's hard for you to walk in that place each day because of how they uh, view things relative to how you view things, then you really have to rethink why are you there. Yeah, I love that. I love that Great. because you know what, you spend more hours at work than probably any other waking hours elsewhere. So exactly. they should be good places to be. Well, Chris DeSantis, I believe that we have helped these young people think about their brand. Think about their reputation. So I'm thinking that maybe I've re re revamped my doofus brand. Have I have I made up some some game <laughs> from the beginning? <laughs> uh, I think no, you, folks, he's laughing. Well, he's not answering I, that. I, he's think, just laughing. I think Mary's brand is being perfectly imperfect. Okay, that's really nice. And okay, we're gonna have to end the show now. <laughs> Because that was a nice left-handed compliment. You know it. You know it. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us today. A huge thanks to our amazing, overworked, and underpaid producer, Mr. Jack Edinger, whose brand is generous, kind, and lovely. Um, If you have a workplace question or a cubicle or career dilemma, please give us a shout. We can take any kind of question you can throw at us. And there are lots of ways to reach us. You may email us to info at cubicleconfidential.com. You can tweet us at cubicleconfide1. Connect with us on LinkedIn because we love us some LinkedIn. You can either do Cubicle Confidential or Mr. Chris DeSantis or Mary Abijay. People, we are easy to find. And now Jack is going to play you some music. 